Okay, is it very good Okay, cool. We are back. It's been some time. I think it's probably four weeks since I've done an episode. Um, we are on the, not in the, on the, it's the 27th of March. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I think, yes, yes it is. This is actually, very importantly, a Saturday, which is great. And also, F1 starts again. Ooh. How exciting. I can't, I can't control myself. Qualifying is this afternoon at five. Yeah, what first fact, practice three at two, eh? Yeah. Final practice. That's but of course, important. practice, I don't, I'm not so keen on watching practices always because I don't think manufacturers take it that seriously as they do with qualifying, of course. Of course, of course. But quickly, quickly, uh, before we introduce you, prediction for the top three. Top Quali- three. Okay, qualifying, top qualifying, three. top three. And then also uh, your race, top three. Uh, I think pole position for Stappen and then Hamilton in the mix but as you in the said, mix meaning like top three top five top top three in the mix and as you said Bottas is always very eager at the start of a season so maybe mm. a second or third and I look out for McLaren somewhere wasn't it last season like Bottas won two no wait sorry that was 2019 it was like Bottas Bottas Hamilton like won two like switching up for like the first what three five three to five races yeah it was, it was something crazy and then suddenly like Verstappen got a win and things got crazy last season was quite exciting hopefully th- yeah. hopefully this season wouldn't be too bland in terms of the beginning like too unexpected uh, or too expected rather unpredictable mm-hmm. uh, um, with Hamilton and Bottas just sort of leading the way but it seems like Red Bull's uh, quite strong with Verstappen now. McLaren's stepping up heavily. Mercedes engines. Yeah, I think the Mercedes engine has got a big impact. I think the aerodynamics last year was quite good. Yeah. I think they sorted that out. And then the extra bit of power from the Mercedes engines. Because you can see, like, Alpine is, like, uh, not lacking with that Renault engine currently. Yeah. R- mm. Renault, there's a reason why Renault is the only one, or Alpine is the only one with a Renault engine. <laughs> no one else really wants one because it just, like, it's not up to scratch. Mm. Um, if you want top three, one top five, I mean, who's governing those? It's basically Ferrari, Mercedes, and Honda. Yeah, yeah McLaren yeah, was yeah, Honda, Honda last year. Return, yeah, yeah no, but McLaren, of course. McLaren was Renault last year. Was McLaren? Yeah, Renault last year. Oh, but like, okay. Do you want to see the problems with Renault engines? Like, just go watch Drive to Survive. But McLaren, season. of course, they did better than Renault last year. Mm, but that's what I said. But they, they had like the a... Arrows, the arrows. The arrow was very good. McLaren yeah. was in a bit of a rut also as the, as a company. Mm. They sold their headquarters for some unreal amount of 100 millions of do- mm. uh, pounds. Yeah. Um, and they were basically like, you know, it would have been like two, three seasons maybe left for them. But actually doing very well now um i think norris is still going to do better than ricardo i think so as well because i think because norris like has already two seasons behind under his belt like with mclaren yeah. he knows the engineers he knows like how they're working so i think ricardo is going to be slower out of the blocks at the start of the season but i think he's going to get his groove but also he comes from red bull and he switched to Renault, where Renault, like, the brakes of Renault wasn't as good as Red Bull's brakes. So then you had to adjust that, and that took, like, half a season. Mm. So definitely going to be some adjustment, I think. But, like, Ricciardo is going to step up later in the season with everything as Hopefully. he gets more comfortable with the car. Yeah. He's a very exciting <coughs> driver. Like, if you look at his technique and ability in terms of um, 
uh, takeovers mm. and basically just cornering ability like all around he is one of the most talented drivers like on the grid by far mm. he's just not performing because he doesn't have the car like yeah. he's not in a okay <laughs> you know pre-2019 ferrari mm. or current mercedes so i think renault for him was just to get away from red bull like it was toxic it wasn't good for him yeah he yeah, just yeah, needed yeah. to go to get away and he knew like i think he knew he wasn't going to get titles or mm. like finish podium you know five consecutive races at a time yeah. um but mclaren definitely is a massive step up in terms of that i just hope that norris doing better than him because at the moment it seems like he's yeah, going yeah, to. Yeah. I just hope that Norris doing better than him isn't going to be a massive demotivator. Yeah, like a discouragement to him. Yeah. yeah. I think like Ricciardo had the same thing with Red Bull a few years back when Max Verstappen came in. He was like the glory boy coming in at, I think was 17 or something in his first season. And that's the same system as what Seb has with, mm. with Leclerc, where Seb was the, the star and then Leclerc came in and it was like, oh, okay. And then you had to leave. So I hope for Seb also, like moving to Aston Martin is like growing for him again and like giving him new motivation. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Eh? Same situation, McLaren, or same situation that McLaren has is also sort of visible in Aston Martin because Stroll didn't do badly last year. He's not just, uh, you know, the rich dad's son. Um, he's actually you know sort of growing into his pants like he's actually doing quite well and it seems like looking at testing and practices that he is giving Vettel a run for his money like Vettel just isn't getting a break or it doesn't seem like it mm, mm, um, but still very exciting that Aston Martin is coming into the mix yeah. but what do you think about the, the Stroll-Vettel combo? Yeah I think one thing Stroll lacks quite a lot is the BMT like mm big match temperament that was that's because, good because vwt was the sponsor last year <laughs> but like yeah um what was it uh it was a turkish gp where like he had pole position he like ruled the race all the way and then he just lost it so mm. um i think that's something you can work on but i think seb is going to be a very good factor towards like maybe growing him as a as a driver so mm. we'll see i think um interesting things are right there definitely Definitely. Yeah. And also with Checo now at Red Bull, I think Checo's going to give Max some, definitely some gas because Checo is also a guy what wanting the win is not going to stand back. So Yeah. I, I like Perez. I think he's a very cool driver. He's just been very quiet the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it seems to me. Another interesting prospect is Sainz at Ferrari. So Sainz, okay, okay. So going off drive to survive, Sainz works unbelievably hard. He's very um, motivated. He's very um, committed to what he's doing. Uh, so he's, yeah, just in and, in and of itself, he's a very good driver, very hardworking guy, um, as he should be when you're racing in Formula One. But I don't think he's going to have that big of a shine at Ferrari. He's going to be second to Leclerc. Yeah, no, I agree, definitely. I think Sainz is a very hard worker. If you just like look at his father, I think he's almost 60, still driving that car and like competing like he was just behind Stefan Peter Hansel in this year's Dakar so that just shows you it's in their mentality to like be given their all no matter what um, but I do agree I think he's going to be second fiddle uh, Leclerc is the star boy he has a contract 
I think like what 2025 or something is yeah. a very long, long contract. Term. So, and signs only signed for a year. So, I think it's going to be very dependable. And also, Ferrari's going to see if signs can actually take the pressure because yeah. Ferrari does have that extra pressure of you know Michael Schumacher and all those like great drivers of the past. So, ugh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, one thing definitely uh, Alpine with Alonso. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Very controversial decision that they made there. Alonso is at his shine. No, I agree. I think he, when he went to try the triple crown with Dakar and also IndyCar, and, IndyCar. and he didn't make it. And I was like, no, nah, let's come back to F1. It's Wasn't it that he didn't even qualify for Indy 500? It's a, I, it, I oh, can't yeah, remember now, but I, didn't, I think he didn't even qualify for Indy 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, qualified for other one because there's other race indie races as well mm. but i remember yeah, he was like very low on the list yeah so i was looking through the list and seeing like where's alonso like nowhere yeah oh. so he he definitely brings a lot of brand equity to mm. reno so in that sense i can understand why he's there um you know you could ask the question was there no one else um, but no, there was in yeah, someone else like Alkenberg. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can bring Alkenberg back or um, maybe another uh, F2 driver like uh, what's the guy's or name? You can even go and like get Nick de Vries from uh, Formula E or um, yeah, you know, if even if even like there's a lot of options that was available. Even uh, maybe getting like Callum Allett. That's, that's the, the guy I'm thinking about. Yeah, the F2 driver. Yeah, but he's now he's a reserve driver for Ferrari this year. Oh, you got a contract with them, or even getting Dan Tictum, or yeah, you know, someone like that. Even Zoo, like everybody thought maybe they're gonna keep Ocon, get Zoo in. You see, that's where your the, expertise comes in because I know nothing about <laughs> F2 actually. So he's actually part of like the whole driver academy of Renault. So uh, very controversial. I think Alpine decided on doing that because they want their brand to grow. You know, definitely it's the switch between Renault and them. I think they, they did it for a branding perspective. Yeah, actually. I think Alpine, similar to, we were actually having a conversation earlier about Volvo and Polestar, mm. of where Polestar actually wants to situate yourself separately from Volvo. So still sort of affiliated like Renault and Alpine, but they are now a stand, standalone brand yeah. producing very quick, very fast electric sports cars like that's their focus now um so it's not like an amg to mercedes kind of thing anymore so that's sort of what alpine wants to do um they want to you know create a standalone brand like this is we're all about like sport and racing yeah, and yeah, like yeah. um fast cars like agile cars driver's cars the alpine 110 the road car mm. which is you know it's it did very well over its time alpine i i won a 110s it also was released you know very nippy very agile um sports car that was actually i think it was sold out the first range of a110s that also came out so it did very well uh, another brand doing similar kind of things is this is sayat you, you know sayat yeah, 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 so sayat has yeah. the like the leon cupra which is their like um hard hatch basically oh, okay, so cupra yeah, yeah. now situated itself also as a standalone brand oh. so now you get like the cupra a cupra no yes the cupra Ateca r or like you know these which is basically just volkswagen you know golf 7r engines in in yeah. whatever cars they have so um there's a few brands trying this kind of strategy 
to sort of separate itself. But I mean, Alpine just sounds cooler than Renault also. <laughs> like, Well, the big question is like, does Alonso drive an Alpine A110 or does he drive a Renault? <laughs> the thing is, he probably he's probably driving still like a Magana race. Mm. Like, come on. That's also with F1, I'm thinking now. Um, so Aston Martin was the previous affiliate with Red Bull. Mm. So Ricardo... You went from Red Bull driving like Aston Martins, you know, like the the, the new Vantage or like the the um, what do you call it, the Vanquish, the DBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he went to Renault, the Clio RS, the Magana RS, the Magana RS. That's basically all the cars they have. And then now at McLaren, seven six five LT, Senna, like hectically cool cars. Did you hear what happened to uh, Norris last year? Was it last year, twenty nineteen? He took one of the a presenter, I think, he, yeah, or yeah. journalist. He took them for a te, like a, a dry, like a quick test drive lap around with the 720s before a race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually crashed the car, and he had to repay, like basically buy a new 720s, which is at that point I think he had to pay more than two hundred thousand sure. pounds, and he only earned four hundred and something a year. Um, sure. It's a poor guy, but that is what happens when you send like a what twenty year old around the track. <laughs> with 720s and yeah. F1 driver so yeah, it's I, used to like much more downforce it's weird to think that Verstappen got his super license before he got his normal license oh that's it to drive cars that's it um, but okay we've been going on for quite a few minutes and you don't even know who I'm talking to so this guy is an absolute legend good friend of mine also in my residence his name is Nico Erasmus he's going to introduce himself a bit more but you are going to see a bit more of him. He's going to help out uh, behind the scenes with the social media and everything. But also, you probably will be seeing more of him on camera also. So when I'm not shooting guest episodes, um, even when I'm shooting guest episodes, he's going to be a massive passion for cars. Um, a bit of a different angle to passion for cars than me, which is good. That means we can enter into arguments and we can enter into debates not bad arguments not yeah constructive arguments constructive arguments leading to a point not necessarily but gaining new knowledge also from me i like learn a lot from him so niku welcome thank you for being here yeah thank you thank you for having me. how are you feeling not feeling good i'm feeling positive okay. i had a very sore throat this morning so excuse my voice That's yeah i'm having a like a tea yeah, Today, so bit of a rasper thing, <coughs> you know. Mm, sexy. Yeah, very like it's like turbocharge. As I said, Bursuka Frau, Wumkobas, sexy. Sexy, uh, sexy, yeah. yes, for all you Bursuka <laughs> Frau listeners. But anyway, Nico, give us a bit yes. of an intro into you yeah. and your car passion. What, like, what's the story? So, yeah, um, I'm a fourth year, it's like final year mechanical engineering student at Stellenbosch. And, uh, so, you build all, engines? No, I didn't build engines. Oh, not yet. Well, I'm doing my scripts on, like, uh, t- running tests on a turbocharger compressor system. So it's worth cars. Basically. In, in basically, and jet engines. But that's a bit more into futuristic things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it all started, after, well, I'm thinking back, like, back in time now. Uh, my grandfather's father, or his grandfather, I can't remember correctly, had a gas station in Patterson, Eastern Cape, and then moved to Milburg, and then my grandfather started the fuel station there as well. Um, and then he had a Volkswagen dealership, which only had two cars at that time. I think it was Beatles, and then he had that, um, what do they call them, the 
top twos, which was like the, the buses and buckies and stuff. Yeah. And then later on, it grew a bit. Um, we had Jetta's, uh, Golfs, things like that also being sold at the dealership. And then my grandfather also had a Toyota dealership at a time and a yeah. Missy Ferguson dealership, so tractors, obviously. But yeah, a small town was... Or there's basically everybody bought their vehicles there, but as times went on, people went to cities to buy other brands, as per se, which mm. wasn't available. Um, but yeah, so that's why our fuel station, like it's a Volkstad Motors, which is Volkswagen yeah, basically, yeah. and like my whole family drives Volkswagen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're, we're part of the movement. Um, and yeah, since a small, when I was, since I was small, like just enjoyed cause the inner workings how mm. how things work asking my dad asking my grandfather even my brother my brother's also a mechanical engineer he's five years older than me like to chat about cars followed motorsports f1 you know rally champs tech or everything so yeah i just have a passion for it there's a passion for designing as well but it's uh quite difficult getting into the industry in south africa currently mm. so uh, people keeping their secret but yeah we'll see one day maybe so, what's the dream job looking like for the you? The dream job? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's quite interesting. So, my dream job is actually sitting on a farm and farming. There and we go. I'm doing some consulting on the side. There we go. Maybe for a manufacturer of some sort. But we'll have to wait and see. Never know where the river flows, eh? Okay. So, you're sitting on your farm, okay? Mm. What cars are you seeing in the garage? In the garage? Yeah. Well, well definitely uh, a Maroc V6. Oh, you know, not our Hilux. My town bucky, my town bucky always. Um, maybe Land Cruiser V8 for farming, you know. The 79 um, series or like the new? No, no, newer ones like, okay. um, I just don't, I don't want to struggle too much. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, then definitely I'll, I'll make sure I have a nice road so I can have my Porsche 911 Turbo S. <laughs> Wildtail, red with a black stripe. Oh, so like old 911 Turbo. Old 911 Turbo. Oh, okay. Like Wild a G series. If you, if you drive through, um, through Net, you'll see like as you enter on the left hand side, there's like a big showroom of old cars, and there's one standing there exactly like I want. So you want the red with the black? The red with the black. Yeah, that generation 911 Turbo had those, um, those like springy bumper stuff mm, mm. basically at the front they had the it was sort of just a safety thing yeah, but safety it also looked sure. quite cool like this big chin yeah. um yeah but also the wild tail it like cars don't have that kind of flair these days no definitely that's like olden days supra or like escort uh, uh ford escort cosworth you know yeah, those cosworth kind of escort with those massive weird wings weird wings that looks like they do nothing but actually if you run some tests they actually have some downforce input so oh really yeah they do have some downforce so input. it's not just for show no not just for oh show. but of course the downforce would be there because it makes it heavier at the back <laughs> So no, no, there's no error that no, I'm joking. There probably is. I wouldn't say the manufacturers were so out of tune with aerodynamics in that era. No, maybe like late 70s. Maybe late, late 70s. Late 70s, they were a bit out of tune. They were all like style. Late 70s and like 90s, like we chatted about this mm. earlier this week, like 90s era cars are so weird. Like it's this yeah, didn't make sense sort of conversion area. 
No, actually, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. That was like, so Chrysler went into a bit of a, like American cars specifically, yeah, yeah, went yeah, into yeah. a bit of a frenzy because suddenly they're changing their looks from, you know, Cadillac Coupe de Ville style cars, mm. like these massive, you know, bricks with like the most awesome wings at the back and it just looks amazing and now suddenly they have to be more sophisticated and modern and Peter Cruiser like. Yeah, making a Peter Cruiser. And... and <laughs> I mean, uh, the PT Cruiser is a 2000s car, but it's a 1990s, a 1990s invention. Mm-hmm. Like they had to think of it then. Yeah. And there was a, a car also called like the Chrysler, um, was it the, yeah, the Crossfire. Oh, there, I remember there was the Crossfire. Bring, okay, that was a bit late, the 2000s. Um, they had the most awkward, like looking weird sort of cars. It was weird shapes. Like in the start of the 1990s, they had like sharp lines, mm. always sharp lines. And nearing the end, everything turned into like roundish things. Yeah. Everything was curved, but not like pretty curved. Like soft. Like, like, yeah. And 90s was also the era of like buttons, like interiors. Yeah, buttons. All the buttons, like every one of them you could think of that. Which look quite cool. I like these days people complain because there's too much screens, or well, too many screens rather. But then it's like it glares when you look at it, or it, it like gets dirty, or you don't want to touch it, or like it distracts you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people want the most easy way, which is a button. Mm-hmm. You know, click, Three. done, finished. You know, like it's affirmative. Press the button. Wow. I press the button. No, no settings. It's not anything. not like a screen. It's like did I press it? <laughs> you know, I should probably look if I pressed it. Um, so I, I'm got a I'm a button guy. Like I would prefer a button. No, no. Touchscreens do look nice, but oh, I don't know. I guess it's each to its own. Mm, definitely. So uh, what what area of cars is your passion in? Like what kind of? For me, it's like I love well basically anything interesting. But I love supercars. You're more high-end luxury cars. Also love older classics like the you know okay everybody loves like the 250 gto yeah or um the 300 sl yeah but like all the 911s too so i think basically anything interesting but basically more newer kind of supercars ish that's like mine yeah, yeah, yeah what kind of cars make you tick like when we tick um so yeah motorsports is a very interesting thing definitely where especially like f1 hmm. uh rallying of course is this where you where you, industry where the industry can actually like push its limits to see what can actually be achieved from things like mm. f- for instance uh if you look into the f1 era v12s v10s v8s now v6 hybrids you know how, how much power can you actually get from an engine at the end of the day because if I, I believe you can take the same technology i have for the v6 hybrid now and you push it into a v12 just yeah. imagine the craziness you can get from that car but yeah. of course like some things are just not human capability like yeah i don't think people are going to be really legitimately able to drive a v12 hybrid that's like full-on technology the same as a v6 hybrid well v12 hybrid la ferrari yeah but it, it's the, that's not like to full potential you know yeah imagine like so that's what I'm on sets of thousand. How much as well? Yeah, about a thousand. Just about a thousand. That, yeah. So the V6 hybrid of uh, F1 also gives around about a thousand one hundred horsepower. Yeah. So, but remember that's different technology. So if you can take that technology, push it into the V12, you're gonna push that V12s 
horsepower to like yeah. 1005 now. I think open seater, open wheel. But at a thousand five hundred HP, we sort of also do have a car coming like that. It's called the Aston Martin Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, V12 cars with engine, most powerful naturally aspirated engine there is. Um, and also hybrid technology taken into it's basically a one to one power to weight ratio. Oh, that's hectic. So, over the what a thousand three hundred, yeah, I think it's over a thousand three hundred. So, put it this way people are like brands are going to make these type of cars. Look at Mercedes bringing out the AMG One, oh, yeah, which course. will probably be this year or next year. Basically, a 2017 Formula One car. It's what it is, with, like road capabilities. It has, you know, a number plate and indicators, <laughs> and it revs at, and oh, sorry, idles at like just over a thousand, you know, uh, no, what do you call it, RPM. RPM. So manufacturers are making these kind of cars because people want to see those kind of cars but the people who can buy these type of cars can't necessarily drive these type of cars mm. as no, well as they should be able to like and that's so, the problem you can't, yeah. can't use it to its full capability like so it's, what's the point then i won't say these cars like yeah okay some people collect it and let it sit like garage queens as they say, but some people also do drive it, but they drive it through like city centers or like mm. you won't really take it out on a, uh, as they would say in Britain, a B-row drive or like going out on a mountain pass because mm. it's like, it just, it's too valuable for its people will be scared, you know, to the most, you know, for driving this car on a normal road, because what if it gets hit? What if, yeah, yeah, like, what yeah, if you yeah. can't control the power? What if it loses control? And the cars are unbelievably capable, but then the drivers just aren't. Mm. Like we, your F1 drivers sometimes, you know, lose control of these cars. Yeah. Lando Norris, As you, say, you know, yeah. and that's <laughs> like a, <laughs> just a 720S. So um, Ferrari has a very clever program where they have the, well, I think it's very clever in terms of money making, um, but it's called the, like the, the XX program. So have you heard of the Ferrari FFX? FXX yeah, 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 yeah. or the FX. That's, that's on the Enzo. Yeah. yeah so the, the FXXK is in LaFerrari. FXXK mm. Evo is also like a just a more driver focused version of that. Yeah. Um, and what they basically do is they ship the car to a track. Then you can drive it at the track. There's a whole team to change wheels, make sure everything yeah, is yeah. fine, set it up as you'd like it to be. Go for a track day and then they take it back to Ferrari and service and do whatever. Mm-hmm. So. They make a lot of money because the car, like, it's yours, but it's not even just yours. Like, it sits at Ferrari. Yeah. Like, they take care of it. You basically come in and drive the track day. But, I mean, that is a great, that's actually a great way to get to know the car, drive it as quickly as you can, mm-hmm. and it's in a safe-ish environment. Like, you're on a track day. Yeah. It's not just on a road. Well, most of the times you're like the only guy on the track, so yeah, that's even better. You don't have to just worry about other people. And you also have the insurance of when the car's at Fer- like you have a team working on it, mm. but also the car's at Ferrari throughout the year. It's not, you know, at one of your locations. You're not driving it every day. Like if it's there, you can stress about it. But if it's at Ferrari, you're like, no, okay, cool. Taking care. And it's not. Some people would complain, yeah, but what if I want to drive it any day I'd like, you know, but. Let's be honest, if you have that car, there's probably a lot of other cars you also have. Mm. And you don't necessarily have the time to drive it, you know, every single two weeks or every single month even. Yeah. I think it's a clever program. Definitely. Like, but 
BAC back. Oh yes, back the BAC mono. The, yeah, that's also the same model. We have the car. It's like a. Oh really? So it's not. Yeah, it's the same model where they also take the car to a track and you there they have a team because it's basically a F1 car for yeah. normal people. So at the it doesn't it has a Focus RS engine? I think. Yeah, it's 2. very. It's, yeah, it's 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 not as hectic as a F1, but it gives you like the same driver experience. Yeah. I would say. So yeah, it's quite cool. Have you seen the videos of people driving F1 cars like? So so Renault, I think they um, took like their 2012 or 2010 or something F1 car, and then they do passenger not passenger laps, but like normal normal people laps basically. So then one could drive it around the track, but it was heavily detuned, like mm. to 50% of the power and something. And people would step out of that and say like, "Oh my word, best experience ever!" Like <laughs> most visceral. And then you just realize, what like. These guys drive a oldish F1 car mm-hmm. on detuned power, and it's like the best thing ever. Just imagine like F1. Full power F1. Just imagine power. like it, which is the pinnacle, basically. The pinnacle. So yeah, um, my passion is with, as you can see, like with or hear from my chatting is like the technology within cars, and especially, um, like. Uh, internal combustion engines mm. um, electric cars are quite interesting with the amount of power you can like get from like a small like small volume thing mm. um, but yeah like that's that's where my passion is and how much can you actually get in the f- terms of like fuel efficiency yeah. power to fuel efficiency ratio as well um, power to weight things getting the power through to the back wheels efficient uh, drivetrain systems brakes you know yeah. it's it's that's the, the inner workings of a car and i like i like to play with my polo sometimes and just go like at high speeds into a corner just to like get that feeling and yeah. see like where is the limits of a car sometimes like yeah. you can feel the car like it wants to slide left and you're just like no whoa yeah <laughs> but I, yeah that's where my, my passion yeah. is and that's why like also rally rallying is very cool because that's where it's something we can take like a very basic type of car and you can just like go on a dirt road and just push it to its limits like where you feel comfortable with yeah that's that's the thing like pushing a car to its limits most people would like drive a supercar but of course they they won't drive it near its limits like 90 percent won't drive it near its limits because they just don't know how Mm. or they way too scared um and often the advice would be from more professional drivers is get yourself like a or you know mazda mx5 or like a uh, the other 86 or just something like like just take even your polo right get yourself something cheap low powered and drive it to its absolute limits like you know um as safe as you can go but like mm. as far as you can go and get comfortable with driving it to its limits and you know pinning it the right foot in the corner um and if you're comfortable with that then move on no, I think Be- it's something because a lot of people just drive a 911 and like or drive a, a certain McLaren or like Ferraris because you know you can buy it, you have the ability, and wow, you know it went from zero to 120 kilometers an hour quickly. But um, yeah, there's so much more. I think for the value of the car, the money you're buying it for, there's so much more to be exerted out of that car. So um, it's. I'm also quite keen to have like a, you know, in the coming years, well, I'm saying like next 20 years or something like a project car or 
just something I can strip out, something I can, you know, put some racing suspension in or maybe like limited slip diff or just something and just go racing or like do track days or just, you know, get used to the feeling of taking God to its potential, then building on that. Mm -hmm. I think that's an extremely satisfying thing. Definitely, definitely. And as I said, like you can, you learn your car and then you can build up on that going something more powerful or mm. something that's more agile or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Very S- speaking about the Toyota 86, okay? So we said we want to cl- complain about a car. Now let's complain about the 86 for a bit. So I was at a gym corner race not too long ago, mm. navigated for someone, um, like a small Mazda Rasle Bucky, you know, those Rasle yeah, Buckies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At like a two liter 16 valve naturally aspirated in at like what 130, 150 something kilowatt, which was quite powerful. Um, limited slip diff, racing suspension, sure. racing buckets, Momo steering wheel, hydraulic um, handbrake. So basically, it was set up for Jim Garner. Mm. And it was so funny. I enjoyed it so much. And I didn't like it's a Mazda Ross Lebucky. <laughs> like it's an early 2000s, 1990s car. Very simple. And what I like about Jim Connor is that's probably a motorsport where you can, you know, take basically any car no, and, and put better suspension in and just go, you know, take it the other or take the back seats out and something and just go race, you know, mm. do it, try it. And um, there was the amount of the other 86s were, it's uncanny. It's so, they were like a pest just coming in from everywhere. But then you'd see like, 86s with like stainless steel pipes you'd see some with titanium pipes at the back like quad pipes or two pipes and then you'd see these with like massive wings lowering kit like wide body um weird wraps you know like tinted windows you'd see you'd hear some of them uh that's probably modified or maybe they put a bigger turbo in maybe they took the turbos out put a supercharger in better intake so a lot of them were like super modified now the other 86 is quite a as we said earlier also in our conversation it's a quite a cheap way to get into the sport car world yeah in terms of the other 86 itself um it doesn't have a lot of power but it's well balanced it's real drive it's manual it's, yeah, it's like a play it's a lack of playful car and then they just take it around and basically mess around with it because you can it's not too expensive but anyway you sh- not one of the 86s really knew how to like mm. drive well like they sort of messed around the track Jim Connor's all about tight corners you know uh, efficiency around this corner and you know you think it on the straights but they're going quickly around this corner taking a uh, you know quick pull of the hydraulic handbrake just getting a rear around or something it's a lot of skill mm. and those guys just didn't have it they were just playing around and sort of showing off they were thinking it taking it like a drift race or something so the kind of the 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 bad aspect of an 86 is not the car it's the drivers so i don't know what's your what's your what's your view on the 86 i think the 86 as per car is a like a just easy thing getting in Mm. i think it's like the more modern mx5 or of something of some sort also like a very down-tuned supra in some ways but, uh, yeah, it's a connotation with people driving it. It's like the guy that feels he has money to spend on something mm. and then he feels like, but this is like in my price bracket. I want to be sporty, but I can't like afford something but better. Mm. So then he'd rather go for that. Like I even think a 718 
Porsche 718 is a better buy than... But it's way way more expensive. No, it's definitely way more expensive. That's why I said, like, it's a cheap way to get into it. But, yeah, as you say, it's like the people driving it, it's just, it's people that think they they can drive or think Mm. they can, like, do this, but then they basically just show off or they don't achieve anything. Now, I'm not saying all, but, like, overall, mostly, like, I know a few guys that have eighty sixes and like that's people that don't have any driving capability at all. So no, I think, it's a yeah. it's a cheap, it's a good way of looking cool. Like yeah. for the average guy, the eighty six looks proper. It looks like yes, mm. look at that thing, eh? But then actually, yeah. it's the drivers that let it down. Yeah, it I could be so much better. Definitely, could definitely. be so much better. Um, same with the like the MX five also amazing car some even say it's the best sports car in the world in mm. terms of balance and how well it drives but then the drivers just let it down yeah that's so a problem but question new Toyota 86 i'm not totally sure about the price i think it's like a bit over 500 uh thousand rand okay so new Toyota 86 or let's say like 2010 mm. um gaiman Porsche Cayman. Porsche Cayman. Yeah. Cayman or Boxster. Either or. But remember, those generations, even though it looked horribly ugly, like super bad. Mm. Okay, maybe earlier than 2010. But anyway. No, it was, it was like 24 to like 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, like early gen, early gen Caymans or Boxsters, yeah. but they still had flat sixes in. So, new 86 or early gen Boxster or Cayman. I'll go for early gen Cayman. Yeah, same. Early gen I'm Cayman. not sure if they are about problems and reliability and stuff. No, I wouldn't go for the box there, as per se. Those boxes didn't look too lacquer. Yeah. But I'll go for the Cayman. I think the 86 probably does look better than the Cayman yeah, the boxer. No, definitely, definitely. But I don't know. Well, I think it's I, still a better, more exciting go, drive. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that German engineering. Yeah. Even right. though it's very early German engineering. No, well, German engineering like started very early. So. Still a Porsche. Still a Porsche. Still a Porsche. Still a Porsche. You can't complain Not a Beetle, that. Porsche. Porsche. Um, okay, but next car up is the car to be excited about, Oof. which is something... It's such a cool prospect. It's the Hyundai i20N. But the whole movement is exciting. The whole end movement, basically, of what Hyundai is trying to do. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very exciting. So I love it. the i20N is basically the little brother to the i30N, the you know the infamous i30N who did so well in terms of um, you know driver tests and journalists rated it so well. That's so well against like you know the Focus RS or the Megane RS, those kind of cars. Even though it wouldn't set the best lap times. It's definitely one of the best driver-focused cars. Mm. It's manual. You yeah, have six like feet a... Six-speed manual. Yeah, yeah six-speed manual. Had an awesome two-liter um, engine inside. It was just overall such a nice driving car. Had a fun little noise. Um, the i20N is a bit of a baby brother to this. I can't even speak English anymore. Um, <laughs> but the i20N is... It's... It looks insane. Like, we had a look yeah, at the photos. It, like, the sharp lines. There was this one photo on top here when the, like, left rear wheel was just up in the air. Oh, it was the hill climb photo, yeah. was the hill climb photo. It was the hill climb photo, yeah. It looks taking the turns. so cool. And it's the same kind of... It basically is direct competition to the Fiesta ST. 
which is also a three-wheel drive car because there's always three wheels up in the in the ground. There's basically always a rear wheel yeah. up something somewhere in the air. Um, but yeah, just quickly on the stats, has about 150 kilowatts, 270 newton meters, and a 1.6 turbo that it kicks ass. It it hoys cooler as you could also say. Um, but yeah, what's your quick thoughts on the yeah, I-29? Looking good, eh? I yeah. can't complain, looking very good. I think it's exciting to see brands such as Hyundai um, with this uh, Toyota, GR, Yaris, of course. Well, I think the movement, as we say, is very nice, giving some competition to the brands that are settled into the system as Ford and so on. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I-20N. I think it's going to be exciting. I want to see one on the road, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, looking the forward I30 to N, seeing one. The i30N took some time to come to South mm. Africa. There is one or two here, um, even though not as much. But it just, it's, I'm glad it's not like the RS3 or the i45, who, you know, it's unbelievable cars, very, very fast and everything. But it's not that exciting mm. to drive. Like, it's not like, you know, attach should be something you can just throw around and mm. um, go quickly around a corner and everything. Yes, you can do that in A45 and RS3, but those cars are so developed, yeah. you know? But, um, but I think, I think something nice about the R20N is also it's built on the WRC car. Yeah, It's the same as the, the rally car. It's built on the, on the rally car. So I think the the technology kind of coming down i think mm. it's very focused driving ability as you, as i said also like six mean six speed manual mm. so i think it's going to be exciting thing to just like take out throw around the corner just enjoy you know um and also it says like 150 kilowatts so yeah. it's not gonna be like over powerful it's not gonna be like a golf r that's around about 200 kilowatt it's just like not even a gti yeah i guess it's gonna feel a bit uneasy when you're going that fast but it's probably going like to be polo gti yeah polo levels GTI levels yeah yeah definitely. and maybe a bit smaller also so mm. if you know if in any way it's linked to the wrc or the rally car super cool like who, cool. who doesn't love that agility and that balance and that competent driving ability coming yeah. through and also like i know was uh World champs in 2019. Can you believe that? Yeah. So I'm uh, looking good. For There's some pedigree. Outside. There's some pedigree around this car. Usually, in terms of when cars were based on the racing cars, or earlier years where cars were even race, like the road cars were the racing cars. Yeah. You know, if it win on, if it would win on Sunday, it sell on Monday. That was sort of a rule of thumb. Yeah. And these days, maybe it's not the same you know people don't buy a class because mercedes wins f1 <laughs> that's not how it works um but still any racing pedigree of sort is like a you know tip of that to you yeah um They're doing something right so our last segment we wanted to do so we quickly thought of this idea just before so we're going to choose a three car garage but how it works is we will give it so it's three segments hard hatch family car supercar but then we give each other option between two cars so you'll give me the option between two i'll give him the option between two for each of these segments and then basically that's like a sort of call it your friend's dream car garage for you <laughs> that's basically <laughs> what it is basically because you can't choose your own but anyway um so nico you say you have some interesting yes uh, but i'm gonna take out my list because I sort of forgot what I actually wrote down. Okay. But you said some good art touches. Yeah, yeah, but you're going to enjoy this one. I'm, I'm going to throw you some bangers. Okay. Please okay. do. So, art touches. Okay. 
would you rather take the Renault 5 Turbo 2 Ooh. or the Golf Mark 1 GTI? Ooh. Renault 5 Turbo 2. Pick your poison. Was it yes, like it just looks so beefy even though still small, uh, very agile. The turbo, the a character turbo adds in that generation of car, which is like what, 70s, 80s, I think 80s. Mm. But also the GTI Mark 1, it's such a compelling. I'll probably go Renault 5 Turbo 2. I think, yeah, I think by far think it, it was just. A trendsetter that it definitely. sort of excites me a bit more. It's something else than just like a. Okay, I'm not going to say just like a, you know, a Mark 1 GTI. But, yeah. I, I don't know. The Reynolds 5 Turbo was also a rally car. Yeah, that was So true. that's what makes it very, very exciting. Mm. Okay, no, Renault 5, definitely. Okay, cool. Okay, so for you, you like Volkswagens a lot. Okay. So I'm going with Peugeot 205 GDI. Okay. Mm. Which is like 1980s. Mm. Peugeot 205 GDI, arguably one of the best, uh, like, you know, hard uh, hatches ever. Or, okay, are you ready for this one? No. A brand new, which you can't get in South Africa, Fiesta ST, which is also such a compelling prospect. Sure. That's, that's brand new. Yes, but you're not making it easy for me, eh? Okay, my was admit, like my was was easy. Just like like. Do you want the, analog? The, the PJ, like the PJ, just like it was something else. It back was in unbelievable. The day. Like something Chris else. Harris has one like for himself. Like it's one of the most exciting cars for no, him. but also then it's a Fiesta ST. It's not gonna be sold in South Africa. Not even the new, like the yeah, new one is not even one. sold in South Africa. Really? So, but you get it on the right hand drive. So, let's say there was a right and drive say, version. Okay, there was a right and drive. Shoot. Sure. I think I'll probably go for the the ST. The ST. I'll go for the Fiesta ST. Okay. Yeah. Do you want the new? Do you just like the newer car? Yeah, I think it's 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 very nice. Like I want to say technology and as well as as. It's just improved so much throughout the years, handling um, all the gizmos mm. you get within the car, and it looks good. Yeah, so I, I'll go for I'm that. also quite split between those two, but I'd maybe also take the ST just because it is newer. Like it is, there's a lot more amenities and sort of creature comforts that yeah. makes it nice. But also, yeah, no, it's that, a two or It's like. The Duo 5 is almost like the simplest form of fun driving. Mm. Okay, so I'll give you my options now for the family car. Yes. Okay, family car, this Boy. could be anything. Okay? Anything, literally anything. anything. Okay. So, But it has to have four people. Can at least like take it four has people. To be, okay. So, <laughs> Hilux Legend 50. Yeah. Okay. Hilux Legend 50. Oh, the 2.8. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, well, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, 2.8. Okay, Hilux Legend. So the new Legend, I'm talking, okay, not the Legend 50, the, no, just the Legend. legend. The legend, legend RS 2.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which looks better in my point of view. I think it does. Okay, yeah. Anyway, 
So whatever top spec legend, okay? Yeah. Or a brand new, which you also don't get in South Africa yet. A4 Allroad. Ooh. It's not even sports cars, I know. <laughs> okay, no, wait. No, no, no. Let, I lie. I lie. Okay, no, no. no. What no, I'd rather... Let's keep those. Let's keep those. I'm no, not going to change. No, I'm no. changing it. I'm not detracting. I'm not yeah. detracting. Okay. So top. So, like, top, top of the line Hilux, okay? Which is either Legend but 50 can I, can or, like, the Legend RS. Yeah, but can I take the Raider order? Do you just want a Raider? I'd rather take the Raider. <laughs> than the Legend? No, the Legend with all the bumpers and stuff don't look like a Legend. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like okay. the bumpers. Okay, Dakar. Yeah. Okay, the Dakar one looks nice. Okay, whatever legend, oh, whatever Hilux you'd like, okay? okay. So your favorite Hilux or a A4 Allroad? I think I'll go for the Hilux at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, the Hilux, the new legend Hilux, not looking that lacquer for me. I, the only one I like is the, the one that comes with, like the olive green color. Yeah. That looks good. No, I like, love I saw, the new Hilux. I, I saw one that's like white or gray, and I saw gray one as well. And like the... All the plastic bumpers and trims like doesn't. Oh, you don't like it? No, I don't like it. I love the but lights. Like the, but I like the. My brother has a Legend Fifty, coming uh, off. Mm. He has a two point eight. That's super cool. Two. So that's quite a nice bucky. So yeah, I'll I'll take the Hilux rather, just because like I'm on, on the farm and everything. I, I wouldn't have expected less. I'm no, actually but the A4 all road. Potent. Oof. You can go anywhere. Uh, you can go literally anywhere. Anywhere that Alex can go, the Avor yeah. can probably also. Quattro, papa. Yeah, but you'll just be more comfortable going anywhere in Alex. Yeah, and you can like so throw them some like wood and stuff on the back. Take a braai. Like you. a braai. Like a tote. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, so mine for the family. This is, I don't think you're going to expect this one. Okay, you're going to expect the first one. So I'm a Rock V6. <laughs> Okay. 190 kilowatt. Yeah, yeah, new one. yeah, yeah. New that's one. also giftig, yeah. And then a Hyundai H1 bus. Oh, Amarok V6. <laughs> I'm not even going to struggle, no. Amarok by far because you can get, you basically put a cab at the back or like a, what do you call it? Um, canopy yeah, at the back. Yeah. And that's your H1 cab. I love a little bus. I wouldn't take the H1. I would rather take something like the Combi or the Caravel. Oh, yeah, the yeah, T6 yeah. especially. If you would have given me the choice between um, the T6 and the uh, the T6 Caravel or Combi yeah, and yeah. the Amarok, I probably would have taken the Caravel. So, but I, yeah, in terms of family car, I'm keen for anything with a tow bar, roof racks. Yeah, that helps quite a lot. Four-wheel drive. Not necessarily buckies or SUVs, but... Just opens possibilities to doing things. Just endless... Po- something... Ex- you know what I saw the other day? I saw a... So it was a, a C63 wagon, okay? Like 2012 or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a... Quite a cool generation of that C-class. Roof racks. And a tow bar with a tail edged on. Sure. And, and for some... Like it was an empty trailer. But for some mm. reason, I was just like yes like it, it just sort of ignited something i was like yes i would love to see this going on holiday or something so that's very cool Looks okay super cool. okay super cool ready for this but you can't bring in your bias now okay fair no porsche bias now oh i would have immediately just said porsche but fine no fine fine, but fine you fine. have to think about this okay now. fine i'll think about it lexus lfa 
Wow, 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 wow. O. Guerrero GT. Both Guerrero GT. Oh, oh, oh. So Pick both have phone. basically one of the, well, two of the best sounding cars, V10s you can get. LFA is basically, uh, yeah. Yo, and then the Guerrero GT, I mean, race derived V10 engine. What a, what a trendsetter. Um, you know, <laughs> I know you want a Porsche. I know you I'm want going to say Carrera GT, but uh, I'm going to put it logically. Okay, so both. Yes. So the LFA is a automatic, or like a dual clutch. Yeah, it's dual but clutch. it's quite of a dated dual clutch. It's like 2010 already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the Carrera GT is a manual, very different. Yeah. 2004. Five. Five. Yes. So it's a very different type of manual. It's a sort of a difficult manual to drive. It has like a light, light, lightweight flywheel. It has an anti-stall clutch, and oh, that's yeah. for many people very difficult to manage. Um, but anyway, manual. So you don't really get old of it, um, or tired of it rather. And also a remo- uh, removable roof. Yeah, obviously it's like a target top basically. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. Okay, but okay. So firstly, say what's your favorite supercar brand? Porsche. Okay. Okay. We talked that, about this. I just had to Martin. let the people knew. No, no, the people don't know. Oh. The people don't oh, the know people your Porsche brand. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, we're both Porsche buyers, so. Okay. Please bear with us. Please bear. With, okay. This is going to be a hectic one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. McLaren F1. <laughs> is I almost picked that one for you as well. Okay, McLaren F1, or. Mm. 19 Spider. Oh. This is like a 205 GTI yeah, Fiesta ST battle. Doing this with it's me. a good battle, why though. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> just okay, 918 F- Spider or McLaren F1. The McLaren F1 was just like. It cost 14 times the price of <laughs> but it's a like 918 it was Spider. Something out of this world. A single seat in the middle as like. Triple seater. Gold plated engine bay. Engine bay. It has a BMW V12. The like the Johan Rupert has one. Have you seen Johan Rupert? Yes. Yeah. He has one. I was like, what? What even? Um Yeah, but the nine eighteen spider, that was also that was with like P one, McLaren P one and La Ferrari. Yeah. That was Holy Trinity type of vibes. Like, yeah. And like the 918 is like the modern equivalent of a Carrera GT. It has the same like body line shape and everything. You, you're not mm. making it easy for me. Yeah. Why? I made it easy for you. I didn't give you bad options. I'm going to give you a last, op- last chance. Last chance, okay. last chance. F1 okay. or 918 Spider. Okay, okay, okay. Now, um, I'll go for the F1. F1. Okay. I'll go for the F1. I think Reasoning? It's... Just, it's it was like the first of its kind, actually. First, like, not a supercar, but like a hypercar stuff, you know? Before Bugatti, Veyron, Chiron, mm. all those. I think it's just, it was, it's a massive trendsetter and something that started on the movement because it was like, it was also just before the Carrera GT. Okay. So, yeah. Going I, I was just one. thinking of the garages we have at the moment. So, you're having a new Fiesta ST. Yeah. Uh, Hilux, normal Raider, yeah. and then or Dak or whatever, and then F1 in the garage. Yeah. And then for me, it's a uh, what did I choose as the hard the, the Turbo. Oh, Turbo Renault Five Turbo Two. Yeah. 
Family car was an Amarok V6 yes. with a canopy, of course. And a, a GT. And a GT. That's not too bad. It's, not, it's actually... Oh, I had some sort of the same line of thought, actually. Yeah. With picking these and like... Like normal-ish know. family car. Yeah. Like, we don't want people to know, you know, what type of cars we have when driving the road with an Amarok or your Hilux. But we don't... We're going Bucky's, actually. That's very Afrikaans of us. That is very Afrikaans of okay. us. We are Afrikaans. Yeah, we are Afrikaans. Uh, Niku? It's uh, been quite a show. Yes. I want to thank you for joining for the first one. First Thanks of many. You. First of many. Um, we had a lack of chat. I want to thank you again for joining, for listening. Thank you for um, continue, continuous support and following. Of course, yes. we're just getting better. Um, you know, the podcast is not going to just stay the podcast. There's mm. new things to come in the future. So thank you. If you are listening and still enjoying this, please maybe take time to share, like, uh, you know subscribe any of those things this is not just uh, for our pride but rather for the fact that we can continually share the joy and share the passion that we have for cars um, but uh, usually as we end of the episode you know I rather love cars because it's way better than loving drugs definitely. so uh, most definitely cheers cheers like a- have a good one